This episode of Proper English is brought to you by Indefinite Articles and the idiom over-egging the pudding. Hello, my name's Dave. And I'm Alison. And we'd like to welcome you to the ninth episode of our podcast. And if you've been paying attention, you should know by now that it's called Proper English. If you're learning English and you want to know the correct words to use in a particular situation. If you get stuck thinking of the right preposition. If you are puzzled by definite and indefinite articles. Then proper English is just the thing for you. Previously on Proper English, we talked... At length. ...about the nature of the definite article and how and when you use it. Yep, lots of examples, lots of explanation. And now we're going to move on to indefinite articles. Now, indefinite articles, as opposed to the definite one, are kind of non-specific. A and an, or a and an, we use them with singular nouns. If you fancy a banana, for instance, you're not thinking of a specific banana to eat, otherwise you'd ask for this banana or that banana. You're not fussy, you just want a banana. But what if I don't want a banana? What if I'd prefer an apple? I want an apple. Give me an apple. All right, all right. Keep your hair on. But even though you're getting kind of vehement about your preference of apples over bananas, (laughs) you're not specifying which apple. Any apple will do. We've also just illustrated that you use A with singular nouns that begin with a consonant. A banana. And we use an when the noun begins with a vowel sound. An apple. My favourite fruit. (laughs) You have to use an in this situation to help the words flow. A apple just sounds weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You also use an with some words that begin with H, like I've been waiting an hour, but nonetheless, it's an honour to meet you. And here's an apple. For unspecific plural nouns and uncountable or abstract nouns, we don't use a or an, but we can use some, as in, would you like some apples? You're apple obsessed. (laughs) But there is some debate as to whether some is an indefinite article or a determiner which is a word used before a noun to specify which noun you're talking about. For instance, I have some bananas here. Are they your bananas? Have you got any apples? The determiners in that example are some and your, because they're letting you know that I'm talking about specific items of fruit that are not apples. (laughs) And sometimes we don't use any articles at all. So, uh, if I don't feel like cooking, I could perhaps say... Do you fancy lunch at Cafe Santiago today? Or, in a legal context, we could say something like, possession is nine-tenths of the law. The abstract noun there uh, is possession. Children today have it easy. Controversial. Yep, but I'm using the plural countable noun children in a general context, so Uh I don't need to use an article. Don't need to use them with the names of many countries like Brazil or Russia or Portugal. Neither do we need to use them with languages, as in, we're learning Portuguese. Devagar vai longe. Slowly but surely. <laughs> and here's the context which is the most confusing, I think, and this is especially for Lena. If you're using nouns like school or college or university, church, bed, hospital, even prison, mm. as a form of activity rather than a physical place, then we don't bother with an article. I taught for many years at primary school, for instance. Or I studied for two years at sixth form college. That's it. 
I spent a couple of years at university. Or I used to go to church every Sunday when I was younger. If I could, I would spend all day in bed. True that. <laughs> or I've never been in hospital for more than one night. Also true. When I was an actor, I once performed a play in prison. Mm. True story. So... I think that just about wraps it up for a marathon two-week episode look at definite and indefinite articles. Now it's time for Idiom of the Week. Idiom of the Week? This week we're talking about over-egging the pudding. This is our most favourite idiom in the whole history of idioms ever. Uh, I think you might be over-egging the pudding there. I know, I'm doing a fantastic job. <laughs> the best. Of exaggerating. Over-embellishing, overstating, inflating a statement, making out something is bigger or more important than it actually is and kind of ruining it in the process. Which is generally what we mean when we say that someone is over-egging the pudding. But where does it come from, Dave? Well, I'm glad you asked, Ali. <laughs> over-egging the pudding has been used as a way to describe spoiling something by over-emphasising its importance for a few centuries now. The use of Egg as a verb is interesting, though, isn't it? Mm. Turning a noun into a verb is something that doesn't always work. For instance, you don't egg a pudding mm -hmm. and you can't under-egg a pudding. Never. You can egg someone on, though, oh. as in encourage them to do something naughty. True. And you can also sugar your tea, but you can't milk your tea. You can milk a cow, though. Also true. <laughs> and I think we might be straying from the point. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun talking about this sort of stuff. Although you don't want to overdo it. Because you might spoil the fun by over-egging the pudding. And rather neatly, we're back where we started. So, so yeah, where were we? Ah, oh, yeah, it's not altogether clear where this saying originated from. But I like the idea that it's an idiom born in my home county of Yorkshire. Oh, right. Yorkshire puddings. Mmm, a traditional savoury Yorkie delicacy that is the perfect accompaniment to a Sunday roast dinner. Yep. Anyway, they're made from flour, milk... And eggs. Spot on. And apparently, if you put too many eggs in... Over-egg the pudding... The pudding won't rise when it goes in the oven. So there we have it. And I hope I'm not over-egging the pudding when I say it's been the best fun creating these podcasts for you lot. We hope you've had fun listening in on our conversation. If you like what we're doing here, tell your friends about us. The more the merrier. And don't be shy. Let us know what you think on Podbean. Or Spotify. Or Apple Podcasts. Or whichever podcasting platform you're using. Or you can email us at Proper English. Or one word. At sapo.pt if you have any suggestions for future podcasts. Or if you have any questions or queries about what we've talked about. We'd love to hear from you, even if you just want to say hello. So, until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper, Proper English. English.